Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So my guest today is Brandon Lebowitz. Him and his team are experts when it comes to digital marketing strategies, and they help grow online businesses. Hi, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for making the time. So let's start with my standard first question. Give me a bit of a background. How did you get into digital online marketing? I kind of just fell into it after I got my degree in business marketing. The first job I got out of school was helping a company out with their digital marketing, and I was kind of doing it all for them. They're like, we want you to help out with social media, doing paid ads, help out with search engine optimization, doing email marketing, kind of doing it all for them. And this is back in 2007, and just kind of thought to myself that everyone's probably going to have a website in the future, and everything I mentioned works to get traffic, but SEO is just a way to get free traffic. So I thought over the years, let me just focus on SEO and worked at different advertising agencies as a director of SEO and before work or after work and on my lunch breaks, I work at my own company and eventually built that up to where I was able to quit my job and focus solely on this and been doing that ever since helping people try and tap into that free traffic from Google. Mm. So that's, that's actually a very um, common question and it's something that I've, I've, I've read different opinions about. So definitely, um, want to, to hear yours. So when I when I deal with domain names and domain names is brand assets and it's part of um, of the the brand and the business, I know it has changed over time the importance of a domain name. So I usually look at it, there is one side which is just the purely uh, usability of it for the for the end user. So like if we put you know search engines aside how they see it, obviously there are some rules that you you I'll be better off keeping with if you want the domain to be user friendly for humans. But how how does it work with uh, search engines, and how has it changed over time? Well, in the past, if you bought the exact match of your keyword, you would rank for that keyword on Google and pretty much all search engines. But that's kind of changed. So, like for example, if you're a doctor in Los Angeles, if you bought doctorlosangeles.com, you'd probably rank for that keyword. But Google realized that. This is just a way to kind of game the system and Google doesn't want you to just kind of trick them or find loopholes because they ultimately want you to spend money on paid ads. They don't want you to really game the system and find those tricks. So they stopped doing that where, I mean, it still has a little bit of importance, but it's not the same. Whereas like 10 years ago, if you bought that domain, you would pretty much at least rank on that first page. But now it doesn't help as much as it does did in the past. So I would say more when you're buying domain names, try to do it like it's a branding way for Make it something as easy and specifically trying to find something that you can find the URL for, but also find the social media handles for it. That way you can keep it all consistent, which can be tricky nowadays. But if you get your domain name and then the same Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube and TikTok and all those other ones, it really helps because it's tough to have people remember different brand names or to put like an underscore or one at the end. So I always tell if you can. Just try to find something that's available on as many platforms as you can. And you just mentioned um, the, that Google, and I would mention the same applies to other search engines, but to their marketer, I don't even know if they don't look at others. 
but they, they have changed how they treat the maize and they oftentimes change based on a lot of other uh, criteria with, at least if I understand that correctly, the main um, idea being to to avoid people trying to trick the system, as you said, and also buying ads. And on the other hand, you're, you're saying, um, you know, ACO and people, not just you saying, but people generally see that as a, you know, you have to do ACO, you have to do it well because, you know, you, you'll run better and it's like you said, free, I mean, free in brackets, traffic. So how does that work, the balance between, you know, putting all that effort into getting a child or just paying for ads and being on the top of it? No, I mean, it, Google makes it tricky or all search engines <laughs> change it all the time. So there's over, I think, 200 ranking factors in Google and they're just constantly changing every single day to try to you know, just, they don't want people finding loopholes. People find ways to game the system and Google's like, hard we got to kind of stop this. I mean, for the most part, the algorithm and the way they rank websites is pretty much the same. It's just changed where they're like, all right, people are manipulating their websites by putting like keywords in font size 0. 0.001. And if their website's in the like white background, they try to hide that. So Google tries to stop that stuff, but for the most part, it's really just making sure your website's relevant, has the right keywords in the right places. And also that you get what are called backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you because Google just does not trust anybody. And you have to build that trust up. And the way to build trust is by getting other websites to mention you. Mm. And so if we were to give some tips on like some absolute do's and don'ts when it comes to SEO, you said getting other um, websites to link to you, that, that would be a do. Well, what else could you say that's kind of a common thing? Well, I mean, for the dudes, I would just do anything that doesn't seem like you're manipulating or it's like you're trying to trick them or it's like you're hiding stuff. And because, yeah, I think Google's seen all the tricks. They've been around for 20 plus years. A lot of people think, all right, if I do this, like maybe if I link to you and you link to me, we'll help each other out, which is called a reciprocal backlink, where it's like Google knows that we're just helping each other out. And I mean, a backlink is a clickable link from another website that points to yours. So like if you're reading an article on, Forbes.com and in there it says Brandon Leewoods and you click on it and it goes to my website. I'd be getting a backlink from Forbes.com and Google's whole algorithm is really based off backlinks. It started based off backlinks, still heavily based off backlinks. I mean, it's changed a lot how they look at them over the years, but Google still wants your website to have backlinks. And what is, and nowadays though, it's not the number of backlinks. In the past, if I have a hundred backlinks and you have 200 backlinks, you would rank higher than me, but now it's the quality of the backlink. And was a quality backlink to Google. It just means it comes from a site that's related to what you're doing. So like if you're like a doctor, you should find sites that are related to health, medicine, wellness. Those type of sites should be linking out to you. If a mechanic is linking out to you or like a teacher is linking out to the doctor, it's a little strange. It doesn't really align. So it's all about relevancy. The more related, the better. Mm. And there are so many um, companies and, and freelancers, um, you know, people selling backlinks, for example, and all of those type of practices. Does that, does that work? Is that something to do? Because it, it does like seem like, you know, a quick fix and a shortcut to something. But I, I like just, I don't think it can be good. Can it? No, yeah, most of the people that are just emailing, spamming or, probably low quality backlinks. So what you want to do is you want to find sites that are related to what you're doing, but also real websites. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that build what are called 
private blog networks or like fake websites that look like real websites, but they're not real websites. They just look like a real business. Like I could go and buy a, like a bunch of domain names and I could build websites on it. What these people do is they actually buy expired domains. So let's say a website goes out of business. They buy that website because it has some SEO value. If it's already been around and has backlinks built to it. So they rebuild the website make it look like a real website, but it's really just a fake website. And then they try to sell links on that. And I mean, it used to work like 10 years ago. doesn't really work as much anymore. And I mean, it still kind of does work, but if Google catches you, they're going to drop you down in ranking. So it might give you like a short-term boost, but in the long term, if the search engines or anyone sees that you're doing that, they're going to drop you down. So it's all about just quality and making sure that you get on real websites that are related to what you're doing. As long as it's a real website and it's related to what you're doing, then I'll try to get on it. But you're not supposed to buy backlinks, supposed to earn them, but you do have to initiate somehow to get some people to find you and get awareness. You're just not supposed to pay for it, but people always do that, unfortunately. Yeah, imagine that with any industry, there's always those. So, well, everybody wants to you know, get rich quick. That's the, yeah. that's the recurring thing. So where where do you come into that? Where where do you help businesses with with their marketing SEO? So just comments kind of on what type of website they are. If they're an e-commerce business, then I'll help out making sure all the keywords are in the correct places on the website, making sure all the technical optimizations are done on the website, and then making sure that they have backlinks, looking at their competitors' backlinks, because with SEO, it's not really a one-size-fits-all. We really want to look at who's on that first page of Google for your keywords and what have they done. And with SEO, I could see everything you're doing. You could see everything I'm doing if you look in the right places. So I would look at your competitors' back or keywords, look at their backlinks, and try to figure out which ones are relevant and try to incorporate those into your own website. Because if your competitors are on that first page of Google, it's more unlikely those backlinks and those keywords. And if we could just figure out which ones are working and put them into your own website, that's going to really help out. So just trying to kind of reverse engineer and figure out what your competitors are doing and what's getting Google to get them to rank there and how can we get you up there. And do do customers or like the end user, the end client of that business come, do they come anywhere in that process or like SEO is just a thing on its own that is looking at, you know, competition, uh, algorithms, search engines, et cetera? No, usually I would take care of that for the business owner, but if they want to help out, they could start blogging and adding more content on their websites And because Google really feeds off text. So the more text you have on your website, the easier it is for them to read, understand, and know what that page is about. And that's for every page on your website. It needs to have text. Google can't really read images or videos. They're getting better at it, but they still really rely heavily on text. The more text, the better off you're going to be in. That's why I tell the business owners if they could write good, compelling text that describes what their product or service is about, offers value. I mean, that's the main thing is offer value to just promote yourself. Just try to offer value and then maybe subtly promote yourself. But if you're just promoting yourself the whole time, people are just kind of see through that and it doesn't really work as well. It's really just try to offer value to the user. Then I'll help out with the backlinks, giving them that strategy look at their competitors and I give them ways to build new backlinks by maybe like getting on interviews or getting, if they have e-commerce, maybe get people to review their products, their business. We could just try to figure out just ways to generate awareness, getting them in like the chamber of commerce or the better business bureau or whatever it is that 
is getting mm. new competitors up there. It's kind of just reverse engineering it. Mm. So it is very individual, uh, it seems like. Yep, it's really looking at who's on that first page of Google and then just trying to figure out what have they done. There's tools that you pay for that will show you any website's backlinks like Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush are kind of more popular ones where you just kind of pick one of those, buy that tool, it's like $100 a month. And that will let you look at any website's backlinks. I mean, you could see Google's backlinks. You could see any of your competitors' backlinks, download the reports, and then try to find the ones that are relevant and authoritative and reach out to those sites. Maybe you see your competitors got an article written up in Huffington Post. We could reach out to that writer that wrote that article and see maybe they'll write an article about you because if you're in a similar industry, they potentially would, doesn't guarantee it, but it gives you that way to kind of just figure out maybe this might work. Let me try to work this angle. Mm. And you mentioned text is important. Now with the chat GPT and a lot of similar um, text generating uh, artificial intelligence, how do you see that if it's already affecting in some way SEO and how do you see that looking in the future? Yeah, that one is a little weird because it's so new <laughs> and we'll have to see what happens, but they're talking about like putting watermarks in AI written content, but Google said a couple months ago that they actually don't mind if it's written by AI. Like maybe five years ago, they would have said, we're going to penalize you. and Because Google puts out penalties if you game the system and they catch you. And they didn't want artificially written content in the past, but now they said if it offers value, then they're not really going to penalize that website. Like BuzzFeed, I think, mm. fired over half their staff recently because... Oh. Yeah, just because it's like listicles where it's, mm. it's not much thought that goes into it. It's just making a list and that's yeah. all that really is. So it's kind of, as long as it offers value, Google says we're not going to penalize it. Mm. But no. we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It is a weird one. Unfortunately for writers, and yeah, that one's going to be tricky to see what happens with them in the future. But I would say use ChatGPT and these tools. Those tools, it's like an outline. Don't just copy it verbatim because it's not 100% accurate. And I mean, it's a good reference point, but I would still try to put in your own perspective, put it on your words, your own voice and make it more personable versus just having AI write it and then throwing it up on your website. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we've been using it as well, but it's very much that it's using it as an assistant and as a tool as opposed to just, you know, let it write. It can write pretty cool stuff, but if you use it, you know, long enough, you start to see patterns already and and the errors that it makes so definitely like um, i can see the use more as that more as a, like it's, it can save you a lot of time in you know summarizing things or research now it's kind of pivoting to i think it's 2021 2022 like it doesn't have access to uh, some recent data but uh, i'm sure that's coming but yeah, definitely, I can see it as a tool, and it's a well, it's good to know it's going to be at least for now penalized by Google. Yeah, no, it is an interesting one, though, and it is going to change a lot. So, or it'll change a lot of industries, a lot of jobs. I mean, it starts coding. So, that's the mm-hmm. There's like schema code that you want to add to pages, and oh, write this schema.org code. It's a language that Google, Bing, and Yahoo made like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is a way to kind of enhance your listing. So sometimes when you search in Google, like if you're searching for a recipe, it'll show mm-hmm. that recipe right there on that screen. Oh, or if yeah. you're searching I'll for like that. a sporting event or like it'll show you what like the score is for that sporting event right there. So that's all through schema.org. And 
you could tell ChatGPT to add schema.org to your website or give you the code. You have to add it to your website, but it'll code it all for you saying, give me like a local business or if I'm a soccer league, football league, or if I'm a recipe site, here's my recipe and it'll incorporate all that. And there's a lot of, I mean, it's not hundred percent accurate. So it works maybe like 50% of the time, but Hey, if it codes for you and will save you that time, it's going to make things a lot easier. And there's a lot of things that you could use it for, but it's still in the initial learning phases where it's like, just use it more as like a outline. Don't use it as a, as a mm. guide where it's more like a crutch and something to help you out. Definitely. So on, uh, as we're talking about, you know, things that people can get wrong, let's, let's expand a little bit on that. What do you feel like with your experience with your clients all the time? What do you feel like the mistakes that entrepreneurs make most often when it comes to SEO? Probably not building backlinks, not knowing what backlinks are or buying backlinks from those emails, spam emails that they'll charge them a ton of money for these backlinks. And they're really on these like fake websites that look like real websites. And you could buy them off fiber.com, which is a website that sells like these low quality gigs where you can buy them for like $10. And I see business owners spending like thousands of dollars on these backlinks. I'm just like, don't want to let you know, but these are probably not the best. And unfortunately <laughs> you probably got ripped off. So, but yeah, the backlinks are a tricky one where it's like adding text to your website is kind of straightforward. Just adding content, the coding part, like going into the coding, a little tricky but most business owners kind of know that they have to put some keywords in the coding so they're doing some of it but maybe they're not researching the right keywords too which is also very important is figure out what keywords you want to incorporate into your website because you could use a singular or a plural version or a synonym or some other variation of that keyword and it's going to significantly impact how many people search for it like maybe mm. If you're using a singular version, it might get 100 searches. But if you use plural, it might get 5,000 searches. So it's all about doing keyword research with tools like the Google Keyword Planner. It's a free tool from Google that will show you exactly how many people search for that keyword every single month so they can figure out, is this a good keyword or should I use some other variation? And that is probably one, yeah, probably the starting point of SEO is figure out what keywords you want to rank for, then incorporate them to your website, and then start getting Google to trust you by sending all those trust signals, building backlinks, social signals, and just whatever needs to be done to, to let Google know that you're a real, trustworthy, credible business. Mm. And uh, on, in that process, so we're saying about you know, putting keywords, structuring the website well, the code, etc. At what point should a business owner contact someone like you to, to work on their ACL? Would it be like before they launch the business or do they have to have some activity in order for you to be able to analyze it and advise them on how to set? Yeah, so with SEO, I would say the sooner you start it, the better, just because it does take time to get Google to trust you. And if you're a brand new website, Google's not going to trust you. And if you could speed that up any way possible, that's going to help Google start ranking you quicker. So once you have the website launched, then I could come in and help out or maybe like, a week or two before your website is launched, then go start getting it all prepped and ready to go. But one thing people could do if they don't even have a website is just have a like a page that says coming soon because the older website is, the more trust Google is going to give to you. So even if you don't have the website built, just have something there like a coming soon. It's going to help that age part of the Google's ranking factor. But the sooner you have someone start building that trust up with the backlinks, and the sooner you're going to start getting those rankings. Mm. And on that, you said if you even if you put like a page, so 
does it still help if you get a domain that has been registered long ago, even if it wasn't in use all the time? Mm -hmm. Yep, that one does help out. I mean, it's better if it was used and it had some history built up. The best is if you could find competitors that go out of business and buy that domain because those are going to be the best. Even if they just have a few backlinks, it's still good because that site was really relevant to your industry. And it's all about relevancy. The more relevant it is, the better. And if you could find competitors that went out of business and buy those domains, they're probably going to be really cheap because they're not going to really sell them. And that's going to be a weird way to kind of speed things up. And you could just do, I mean, I want to buy that domain and make that your main business, but you do what is called a 301 redirect, where if you go to that old domain, it takes you automatically to the new one. So if you go to like books.com, I think it's owned by Barnes and Noble. So if you go to books.com, mm. it really takes you to barnesandnoble.com. So it's a 301 redirect. Um, yeah, that's something that I'm like constantly amazed that when, when I deal with domain names, that the obvious use when all the, most often people come, come to me when they... Um, they have a compromised name, so they launched the Ubuntu or they didn't have the budget, so they would have something like, you know, getexample.net, and then they're looking to secure example.com. But it stops at that. Like, even that is an achievement because a lot of people would just continue with getexample.net, not even think about, you know, that example.com could be a better uh, name and, and can improve their marketing, et cetera, et cetera. But what you just said that, you know, you can incorporate into your domain strategy even that looking at and there's like businesses unfortunately but you know it's life and that's what entrepreneurship is about there's businesses going out of business like all the time everywhere so that, that is a, an opportunity like you mentioned looking at uh, some of those names to just bring that traffic to your own website mm -hmm. yeah it's a little shortcut that still works for now we'll have to see for now. change that <laughs> which they probably will in the future, but for now, it still does work. I mean, it used to work a lot better in, in the past, but you still get a majority of that website's SEO value. So you probably get like 50% of the value from that website. It used to be a lot more, but still anything to kind of boost and speed things up. And stuff you can get an old domain for like $20, $30. That's a steal to get all their backlinks and that trusted credibility that's built up over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. It does feel like like it still works. It's still there. It may change. It's a thing that happens a lot with SEO. How do you how do you handle that? Now that part is tough. It's always changing. <laughs> Google doesn't really tell you either. Google wants to make it tough because they don't really want you to know how it works. And even Google doesn't know how it works because of machine learning and AI, <laughs> and it's just learning by itself, which is even weirder. But it's just talking to other people that are in the industry, looking at analytics, and just trying to piece it all together and see if there's any trends, if other people are noticing issues going on like forums or Facebook groups are kind of good nowadays and listening to like podcasts and watching YouTube videos. But yeah, it's all about just trying to stay up to date with everything and just mm -hmm. trial and error. Kind of. what, are, what are some trends that you, you, you just mentioned trends? What are some trends you feel that will be sort of interesting to, to watch this? Probably user experience is something newer that they're working on is, trying to figure out how do people behave on your website. So if someone searched, like if you're ranked number one on Google for your keyword and everyone that goes to your website hits that back button after like five seconds, that tells mm -hmm. Google, maybe you're not the best website or the most relevant. So Google's looking a lot at user signals, which it's a little mm -hmm. tricky for me because I just do SEO. I don't really build websites. So now I have to figure out, all right, 
yeah. how could I keep people on that website? And that's where it's like making sure the website loads quickly. It looks good on mobile, but more importantly, it's like, is it optimized for conversions or is all the printed information at the top of that screen? Because if it's just like a website, it's just a bunch of images and maybe it's like a bunch of people standing there smiling and doesn't really convey what that website's about. People are getting mm-hmm. confused and usually hit that back button. So making sure it's, it's called conversion rate optimization, making sure that website's optimized to get traffic to convert. Because over the years, I've also realized do an SEO, I'll get you traffic, but if your website's not optimized for those conversions, yeah. it's not going to really, really work out. So you got to make sure you have like a value proposition at the top of your page, which like kind of lets people know what's, what's the value for me? What am I going to get out of using your product or service? Then maybe like a couple bullet points, a video up there, and then a call to action. Like if you're e-commerce, have that shop now or add to cart, just like Amazon. Like if you're looking on the computer, you don't have to scroll down. You could add to cart. You got the images, you got the reviews, you got the bullet points right there. It's all right there above. It's called above the fold. Once you start scrolling down, that's below the fold. And most people don't really scroll down or swipe on mobile either. That's um, something I feel that like if people can take away one thing from this podcast, I'm, I'm lucky to be that because it reminds me as well when I had, uh, I had an IT company and we were building websites and what you just said that like you can bring the traffic, but if you know they haven't done a job and it doesn't, they can convert it, like what, what's the point? And, and you can still end up with people pointing at you and saying, you know, what's happening? Why are we not making money? It's like, Duh. <laughs> and I was a bit on another side of that where we were building the websites and we would build like great websites, but like people literally thought that it's good enough to have a good website and put it online and just people are going to come. It's like, no, you have to do marketing still. You have to do, you know, SEO. You have to do a lot of other things. Like a good website is just the beginning of it. Um, it, it it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like uh, I literally have that example of uh, uh, a group of people, entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs. It was their first project, and they they had some budgets. They built the website. They hired an office, even like physical space. Got themselves suit and sat down in you know that office with their brilliant website and sat there waiting for the phone to ring. And it's like it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work like that. So I think it's very important for people to realize like all of those things, you know, the branding, the marketing, like the name, the website, the product office, the service, the SEO, all of those things work together. And all of those professionals that are responsible for each one of them, they have to be able to communicate and work together. Otherwise, like everybody's pulling in their direction and it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's what I've learned over the years. It's like SEO is just one piece of the puzzle. We want to try get traffic any way possible. And unfortunately, half the traffic is probably going to hit that back button and bounce and leave your website. So got to keep yourself top of mind and have multiple touch points. And now I realize you got to do remarketing ads where it's like, I don't really like running ads, but if you follow people around and have been to your website that didn't do a specific conversion action, these are all warm leads, warm traffic that have been to your mm-hmm. website, didn't convert, target them. And that's usually when you get really high conversion rates where it's like e-commerce, you have an e-commerce website, People added a product to the shopping cart, but didn't check out. They were that close to making a purchase. If you could follow them yeah. around, keep yourself top of mind, that's probably going to result in a sale. Or if you're selling something high ticket where it's expensive, they're not just going to buy off your website. If it's like a $5,000 product, it'll take a little bit of trust built up. And if you could follow them around, it just keeps you top of mind and makes you look more credible, more trustworthy. They're like, oh, I see you on all these websites. You must be big, even though those ads are really cheap because... 
most of the time people don't even click those ads. So you're just getting free views and that's just keeping you top of mind and getting that free exposure or you can run YouTube ads and follow people around there where the YouTube, you actually get 30 seconds free ad space. So if someone watches your video ad for 29 seconds and then skips it, you don't pay a penny and you can remarket to your audience on YouTube and all these platforms and try to get their email and get them into your email list if possible. Just another touch point, social media, another touch point, and just trying to have it all work together. Mm, definitely. Well, that's that's been fun. That's been a pleasure. Uh, last question: What are you up to this year? What What do you do? What What are you looking forward to? Just trying to stay up to date with all these changes and future <laughs> with Google. That, that and, keeps you busy. Huh? <laughs> yep, that one definitely keeps me busy. And Chat GPT and just trying to figure out what's going on with all that stuff and <laughs> seeing how Google is going to keep changing and what the future is. Cause everyone's like, all right, is AI going to become the new search? But I feel like that's probably not going to happen or maybe for some searches, but if you're searching for like restaurants or review, like a new TV, you're probably not going to go on chat GPT, maybe in the future, mm. but we'll have to see how all that plays out because that one is interesting. It's kind of stirring the pot and changing things up, but we'll have to see if it lasts or if it's just a fad and kind of just fades away. But yeah, just trying to figure out what's going on with the future of everything. It keeps me quite mm. busy. I can imagine. Yeah, I don't know how you sleep. Like, oh, another update. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much. That's been fun. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.